Hey everyone, welcome to the 10th episode of Baseline Intelligence, the podcast designed to make you a better tennis player and a smarter athlete. I'm your host, Jonathan Stokey. Today's guest is Kathy Rinaldi. She achieved career high rankings of seven in singles and 13 in doubles on the WTA Tour and made the semifinals in Wimbledon and the quarters of the French Open. She's currently the lead national coach of women's tennis for the USDA and also serves as the Billie Jean King Cup captain for the United States team. On today's episode, we discuss her core coaching philosophy, what it's like to be captain of Team USA, and her best advice for striking a clean tennis ball. So sit back, relax, and prepare to become a smarter tennis player. All right, Kathy, welcome to the pod. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. It's uh it's an exciting time. You know, we've got the the match against the Ukraine coming up in Asheville for you all. Uh, but before we get into that, I was looking you up and I honestly didn't realize what an incredible player you were. You were top 10 in singles, top 15 in doubles on the WTA tour. Uh, and then the thing that stood out the most was you got to the quarters of the French as a 14 year old. And then you also were the youngest to ever win a match at Wimbledon at 14 years old. So what was that like to be so good at such a young age? Well, you know, it was looking back on it, I think, you know, it was uh, incredible. Um, I think when it was happening, I think I was a little oblivious to it all, but I had played the French Open actually right before Wimbledon got to the quarterfinals as a 14-year-old. And then, you know, going to Wimbledon, obviously, um, it was a big deal to win one match (laughs) and become the youngest. Um, But I think Capriotti actually beat me out. uh maybe a year or two later um by a few days our birthdays were very close but um but you know never nevertheless i mean the, both those tournaments are so special to me I have incredible memories of playing there um being with my family there and uh have gone back many many times since so you know obviously being a 14 year old and winning a match there but also reaching the semifinals once your career got going you know you had amazing success as a player how how did that success as a player shape who you are as a coach today? Um, you know, I think um, it's shaped me a lot. I think I call upon those experiences that I have. Um, I think I can understand what players are going through. Uh, I try to put myself in their shoes a little bit. Um, I, I, I think it's helped me a, a great deal, actually. And being a female coach, too, um, I think there's a special bond Uh, sometimes that, you know, players feel like they can speak a little bit, maybe sometimes more freely about certain situations or things that are happening, uh, maybe on the court or off the court. Um, So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I've had so many experiences playing for so long, uh, starting at the age of 14 and going through uh, so many different phases. Um, And, you know, I feel so blessed uh, with my career because I played against so many unbelievable champions and legends of the sport, different you know, decades. I think when I was 14, I played against Virginia Wade, who ended up being a very close, dear friend of mine. And, um, you know, through Chrissy, Martina, all the way through to the Williams sisters. Um, I'm, I know I'm missing many great uh, players uh, that I haven't named, but just being able to play on all those different venues and on the big stage of all the grand slams, it's, uh, it's quite remarkable. And I feel so fortunate and so blessed. Are there any core philosophies that you've developed over the years that you try to not only bring out with juniors or young pros, but also, you know, with the Billie Jean King cup team? 
Well, I always try to put the person first um, before the athlete. Um, I really like to get to know the players. Um, I think that that's really my philosophy is I like to get to know them. Um, I like to get to know their family, their backgrounds. Um, It helps me bring out the best in them, know what makes them tick. And it's really an honor to when a player lets you in. Um, It's such an individual sport and it's so, you know, you're really putting yourself out on the line day in and day out. So when a player really trusts you and um, lets you in, you know, it's very special uh, and it's not something I take lightly. So I really like to get to know the person. I really try to put the person first and then that helps me coach because you can't coach everybody the same way. Everybody's got different personalities, different backgrounds, um, different makeups. So I think that that's really my core philosophy. Is it a challenge for you with, you know, bringing the team together every couple months to play a tie, is that difficult for you to get to know the girls on that, that close basis so that they can trust you kind of in the middle of the match? Well, I see the players quite often being head of women's tennis and I see them uh, quite a few weeks throughout the year. I know they're cur- their coaches, their private coaches, and um, I really enjoy bringing them to the tie if, if the player uh, chooses to do so. I just think it creates a great atmosphere. It's very powerful because uh, they work with them day in and day out. But I'm here to support the players, you know, throughout the entire year w- with whatever um, the coach or the player needs. So I feel like I have a pretty good uh, relationship with them. And I, you know, there's obviously a lot of respect and love for the players. Um, being a past player, I know, you know, it's not easy. It's very difficult what they're doing at a very uh, high level in the achievement. So I'm very proud of all our American players and what they're achieving and how they're pushing each other with a healthy competition. Uh, We've really been so dominant in women's tennis in the United States for many years now, especially since 2017. We've had several different Grand Slam champions. We had four, uh, all four semifinalists at the U.S. Open in 2017. We won the the, uh, what was then the Fed Cup and now the Billie Jean King Cup in 2017. And you know, Danielle Collins this year and Sloan's won a Grand Slam, Sonia Kennan, you know, just Jenny Brady, a finalist. I mean, you just go on. I mean, the girls are hitting their highs, high rankings and, you know, not just in singles, but in doubles. And I'm very proud of that too, um, to see all these girls really uh, making a charge at the doubles. We have, gosh, maybe 18 in the top hundred the last time I counted. So that's, that's quite a great number too. So I think the players know that I'm, you know, kind of behind the scene, pushing them there to help them with anything that I can um, and support them. I'm, I'm extremely proud. So I'm usually texting or calling or, or something on a regular basis. Yeah. So I was actually wondering about that kind of as the captain, like how much of this, of the Billie Jean King cup consumes you compared to your normal day to day of being on the court in Orlando with, you know, the best players in the world, how much time do you dedicate to the Billie Jean King cup? Well, I dedicate quite a bit. I mean, as soon as we're done, we're already preparing when we hear the draw and, you know, we're, we're, we're scouting all constantly, but I think it just goes hand in hand with my um, job as head of women's tennis. And, you know, I like to get on the court um, still with the players and with the young players and it doesn't really matter the age. I love just being on court with them. Um, so I think, you know, um, they kind of go hand in hand um, to be honest with you. So I look at it as a year-round job, even though we only have this tie coming up uh, in April, and then hopefully uh, we win this tie and we get to the final in November. 
Is there anything that you do to kind of build a team atmosphere? Because I know as a college coach, you know, when the vibe is good amongst the players, it's really important and can elevate play. Is there anything that you do in Absolutely. particular to, to help that? Yes. You know, it's the chemistry is really important. Obviously, anything can happen at Billie Jean King Cup. The emotions are high. People are playing for something much bigger than themselves. Um, they're playing for their country. They're playing for their team. And so uh, anything can happen. So that chemistry is so important. And I really try to put a lot of time in planning the week out, um, not just with practice plans, but um, team building um, activities. You know, as you probably saw in Prague in the final, we brought over pumpkin carving tools and had a, you know, it was Halloween. So we've had a Halloween party and we had a movie and, uh, you know, we just do different things. Um, for this time, I, I would like to share, but I, it's kind of a surprise for the girls, but uh, we do have some really, you know, we're playing Ukraine, so it's going to be a very unique tie, very emotional. You know, Billie Jean King Cup is already emotional, but with everything that Ukraine, uh, Ukraine's going through in the, in the Ukrainian players, uh, we have a lot of compassion and uh, we want them to know that they're supported. So the players, that was all on their minds. What can we do for the Ukrainian players? So we're hosting a dinner um, Tuesday night with both teams and super excited about that. And we got some special blankets, um, made up with our country's flags, both flags. And, uh, says we stand with you on the, on the blanket. And so we're really looking forward to, to the camaraderie, but, you know, obviously we respect the competition, but we're opponents on the court. We're friends and allies off the court. That's, Tennis, you know, as you know, you're in the tennis business. We're a tennis family at the end of the day. And we really pull through when things are tough or we're going through tough times like the pandemic. You know, we were really sticking together and getting through it together. And at the end of the day, that's that's really what what it's all about. So one unique thing about uh, the competition is that you're allowed to be on the sideline and, and constantly kind of chirping at the players. Uh, I know as a college coach, you know, there are times where I was like, man, this is great. I get to talk to them and influence the match. And there were other times where I didn't think I was having that big of an impact. What is your philosophy on the in-match coaching? Do you like to talk a lot? Does it depend on the player? Like, how do you go about that? Yeah, I think it's really about the player. It's, you know, some players like a lot of emotion. Some players need you to be quiet on the sideline. I think, you know, you got to know the appropriate times. I think there is timing with that. I'm very very aware of that all of these things um some players don't need much of anything they don't you know they like to visualize maybe on the side on the um changeovers um i'm very respectful of that i try to have those conversations with the players because you want to have a great connection and when things are going well you know there's not much to say really you know you don't want to you don't want to be uh say too much sometimes less is more Sometimes a player needs that. Um, so everybody's different and how you talk to them is different. And so I think it's really important as captain and as a coach, again, that, that goes back to really knowing your player, knowing their background, knowing what makes them tick, how to get the best out of them. And that's, that's really what I try to do. And I'm certainly not saying I'm, I'm perfect at it or I do it perfectly every time. I'm sure there's many complaints probably, but uh, I really do uh, try to do the best that I can. It, it's really difficult. And I know for me, you tell me if you felt this way, but there are times, like you said, if a player's doing something well and it's working, you probably don't need to say much, but then you feel like, well, what am I doing as a coach? 
like I'm just watching, but sometimes that might be the best thing that you can yeah. do in that situation. I mean, you know what? They, they know I'm there. They know I'm in their corner. Um, they know I'm there to support them. If they need something, uh, I'm going to be there for them. But if things are going well, you know what? Silence sometimes is the best. A little pat on the back, you know, just say, I'm, you know what? Doing a great job, you know? It's, uh, or you say nothing, you know, again, it just, just have to know the timing and read that and use your instinct, use your gut. And that's, that's what I try to do. What, uh, what do you spend a majority of your time paying attention to your player or the opponent? Well, I always think it's important to, you know, I like to scout the, the opponents. I like to go in and know, know the opponents. Um, we do, we have a great analytics team at the USTA and uh, I work very closely. They're part of the team. They come. But, you know, again, that goes back to the player. You don't want to overload them with information, I just don't think. I mean, these players are all seasoned great players, great, you know, champions. They're top of their game. You know, they know what they're doing. And so, you know, I like to listen to them. I like to listen to their private coaches. Um, I like to meet when the coaches are coming. I really like to meet with them to make sure that we're all on the same page. I think that's really important. But, you know, there might be a few things that we'll throw in that we think are important in the practice plans. But, you know, we focus on on our players um, because I feel like, you know, our American girls are so tough and so good that, um, you know, just make sure they have a great couple of days of practice, team practice, but also get their individual needs in and what they need to do to be ready to go for for the weekend or for Friday and Saturday. Um, so it's really important to listen, to observe and to make sure that everybody's getting what they need. And that can be tricky because, you know, you can name up to five players and a lot of times you have one court. So, and we're sharing the court with Ukraine and you got to make sure you get some doubles practice in and singles and, and also the individual needs. Um, but it usually works out quite well. The girls, you know, they've been terrific, you know, working with each other and uh, working with a hitting partner that we bring. And, and so it all usually works out quite well. This isn't a question where I, you know, I might be uncomfortable because you feel like you're patting yourself on the back, but is there ever a match that stands out where you and a player made an adjustment together middle of the match that you can remember where you go, oh, you know what? We saw this certain situation and we flipped our tactic and kind of turned yes. the match on its head. Is there one that stands yes. out? Well, one stands out immediately, but that <clears throat> that's happened a few times, but I'll go back to the Belarus final in 2017 when it came down to the wire with the doubles and Coco and Shelby, I flip-flopped them from the deuce and the ad side. Um, I just felt that I needed to make that change. And, and I did, I went with my gut and they just were lights out. Um, they played just an incredible doubles match to clinch that final. Um, so that, that was a big change. That was a big a big, you know, change at the last second. We only had a couple minutes to decide and, and I went with it. I just felt like I'm going to make this change. I feel like this is the best thing to go with. And, um, both players were, um, you know, they, they went with it. They felt, I, I think good about it, but they were pumped to win. And, um, they had been playing incredible that, that entire year, but th that was one, one instance right there. That's awesome. And that's probably where, you know, that, chemistry and the trust and the relationship because that's a that's a big change you know, right a before change. a match but again you're talking about great players and um that are capable of probably you know they can play both sides but I just felt like for that final I just felt um, that was my gut telling me that that was something that needed to be done 
Um, and so looking ahead, you know, you guys have the Ukraine. Uh, we're recording this actually about a week before the tie. But what are your thoughts about the squad coming in? Two of them are good friends of mine, uh, Dez and uh, Jesse. Th- those are two good friends. So I'm excited they're both on the team. But, you know, what are your thoughts on on the team and then the, the matchup specifically with the Ukraine? Yeah. Well, I love my team. I always love my team. I think these girls are amazing. Um, not just tennis players, but great people. Um, so we do. Jesse's leading us um, for this tie as our top American player. Um, then we have Shelby Rogers, Allison Risk, and uh, Des Krychek, as you know. So I'm very excited for Des. She's our rookie player. We're, we'll make her do a few rookie things, a speech. I already told her she's going to have to sing a song. She will never beat out Shelby Rogers probably <laughs> on her rookie song. She, uh, she was absolutely incredible to, uh, you know, just did a rap that was just outstanding in front of, uh, at our official dinner. Um, and she was right on. So I told her good luck. I told her it was right up there with the Whitney Houston national anthem. <laughs> I'm pretty, so little, I'm pretty, I'm pretty yeah. sure that, uh, that, that rap is online somewhere. I don't know. It should be if it isn't. But anyway, it was fantastic. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited for Des because I know that she's really wanted to play and uh, she deserves the opportunity, obviously, with three Grand Slam mixed doubles titles. So she brings a a lot of doubles experience to the team. Um, But Jessie obviously coming in with her career high ranking and um, playing great, great tennis and Shelby um, playing well, too, and Allie. Um, has had a great run um, at the beginning of this year. And they're just all great. Um, You know, the chemistry will be wonderful and I couldn't ask for more. So this is the part of the the episode where, you know, I open it up on Instagram for some followers to ask you questions specifically. Uh, None of of these are too scary. First one, are there any changes or improvements you'd like to see to the Billie Jean King Cup format, like the way the competition is structured? Oh, my goodness. That's a tough one. Um, You know, I think it's wonderful they've opened it up to uh, more countries. Um, I do like the home ties. I think it is, you know, we were over in Prague last year, and it was wonderful. They did such a great job, and we were so fortunate to play after – um, being on pause for almost two years. So we were wondering, are we going to get to play? And, you know, Prague raised their hand and hosted and did just an incredible uh, job for all of us. Uh, so I think the home ties, you know, are, are really uh, what it's all about, getting your country behind you and, you know, go, getting out into the community, having the community involved. And so I think, you know, we get to have that. But had we gotten to the final or won it, which we were very close to, uh, we wouldn't have this tie. We automatically be bid to the final. So um, I think the home ties are probably the one thing that I would change. I just love having those and having the support. Uh, this one's quickly becoming a staple for all the guests, but uh, this follower wants to know what your best tip for the three, five or the four Oh tennis player to, to improve. What's the best tip you can give that player? Oh my goodness. Um well, everybody's different. So, I mean, is it singles or doubles? Uh, your choice. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, I would say, you know what? The two, two most important shots still today are the serve and return. So, I think for singles or doubles, I think people don't spend enough time, especially at the club level, probably practicing both those shots because they're out there and probably want to get a lot of exercise. But I would say... The serve and the return are still the two most important. I think the placement on the serve 
Um, and I, I mean, work on that constantly with our young players and our all the way up to the pros. So the placement of the serve and just a lot of repetitions with the return. You can't, you know, those are the two most important shots. So, you know, most people, most coaches anyway, will say serve and return because we know that that's the most important. And I think players hear that and they go, yeah, that makes sense. And then when it's time to practice, it's like, well, that's kind of boring. You know, I'd rather just kind of bang the ball back and forth. Are there any drills that you do to make it a little more exciting or engaging? Well, I break it up. I don't think a lot of people wait till the end of practice and then they want to do their serves and it's like, oh, you know, so I kind of break it up with players too. So, you know, sometimes we might start practice, do some more in the middle, do some at the end. Um, But I think having targets and a serve plus one, having, you know, having a plan, um, I think that's really important. Unfortunately, you know, it can't always be, you know, too creative. I mean, those are pretty straightforward shots, but um, obviously there's, there's a ton of shots that you can learn. There's a lot of intangible shots, the short angle, the drop shot. And if you're a doubles player, practice your lobs, offensive and defensive. <laughs> can, can you, can you expand on that? Actually, I was going to make you just give me a doubles tip as well while we have you here since you have so much experience, but can you elaborate on the lob? Cause that's a shot I used to use all the time as a player and yeah. I don't see it as often anymore. Can you explain how you use that? And, and well, why I you just think, think that's it's a, important? it's a critical shot. And I think learning that at a young age is so important too, because um, you learn how to use it, when to use it, but you know, you have in doubles, you have a couple players, you know, and, and today we have very aggressive doubles players and they're right on top of the net sometimes. So that offensive lob will back somebody up and keep them, um, keep them honest. Uh, so I think it's really important. Um, and I think that's a shot that sometimes gets overlooked and maybe not practiced as much, especially, you know, I think, you know, people like to hit the ball and hit the ball big, but you know, those little intangible shots are so so, so important. Um, at the end of the day, tennis is a game and, um, you have to find your way and problem solve. And, you know, the more tools you have, the, the, the easier it is to problem solve. Um, so in doubles, the lobs are extremely important. Using the lines, um, are important to keep, keep those, uh, net players very honest. That's great. You were known as a really clean ball striker, and our friend Mark Lucero asked me his, his oh, actual. I love Lucero. Yeah, his actual question was, "When was the last time you hit a ball off center?" Oh my goodness! Today, Mark. Today. <laughs> so, so my actual question for you, though, are are what are some of your tips for hitting the ball so clean? Oh my goodness. Um, you know what? I I think I was just very fortunate with timing. Uh, you know, I was one of those players that could take a few days off. And I, you know, even today, you know, you know, I don't hit, but I'll go out and hit with the girls and I'll, I feel pretty good actually. Um, so I think it's really just timing and, um, clean strokes, really, you know, good, solid, clean strokes, uh, within the parameters, um, I think is really important. Um, I think, you know, less to go wrong, um, just makes it a little bit easier, um, and a little bit more clean. One last thing I'm going to get you with while I got you is the, uh, you know, the use of the timing aspect. Are there any drills in particular that you like to use with either the juniors or even the higher level pros where you go, hey, you know, they, they come out and they say my timing's a little off. Is there any drill that you have in particular or any thought that kind of helps get them back in that rhythm and that timing? Uh, so much of it sometimes is footwork too. Um, and I think 
you know, when a player takes time off, I, I still like them to do a little bit of conditioning or what have you. So a lot of it, cause you know, it starts from the ground up, right? Tennis is a movement sport. So you can't time the ball well, if you're not, if you don't have great footwork and, you know, and your feet aren't in position. So I would, I would say, you know, a lot of, you know, footwork drills and then, you know, maybe if they've been off and their timing, just groove or feed, you know, go back to feeding a few balls so they get their timing and what have you. I also like to do a lot of racket uh, speed drills, uh, just feeding. So rapid fire so they can get used to their, the timing and get some good racket head speed. And, but I would say really, really starts with the feet and up. So I, I think those are probably the best tips I could give. Love that. So, so simple. And it's pretty, Yeah, it's pretty simple, right? It's not rocket science, right? It's not confusing. I, I mean, we want to complicate it, right? It's not easy to do all the time, but conceptually it's very easy to understand, you know, why that, why that kind of fits in. So, yeah, like I said, I know you're busy. You, you've got the match next week. I thank you for coming on. We wish you all the luck, you know, all the Americans here listening, you know, we have a few listeners from around the world, but we're, we're hoping you all the best. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to watching the competition. Thank you. Yes, I really hope everybody tunes into uh, Tennis Channel and supports us. It's uh, it's going to be an incredible tie. tie. And thank you, uh, Jonathan, for having me. I really appreciate you reaching out and having me. Absolutely. Thank you, and, and good luck next weekend. Thank you. Let's go USA! All right, I want to thank Kathy for joining us. It's a really busy week for her, and so I'm glad she was able to take a half hour you know, out of her schedule to, to talk to us and educate us. I think her two pieces of advice for the average player were simple and spot on. Work on your serve and return more as they're two of the most important shots in the game. We all know it, but I think sometimes we lack the discipline to give those shots our full attention. I also loved her advice for hitting a clean ball. Just start with your footwork. Super simple. Uh, Don't be lazy. If you move your feet, your chances of hitting and clean improve dramatically. So good luck to Kathy and Team USA as they take on the Ukraine in Asheville. You can catch all the matches on Tennis Channel, so head over there to see some great tennis in one of the greatest team competitions in all of sport. I want to thank you all for listening. I know there are a lot of podcasts out there, and I'm grateful you chose to join me today. I'm motivated to evolve and improve, so please subscribe if you enjoyed the episode and leave a comment or review so we keep getting better every week. For more, check out my Instagram, at Stokey Tennis, for clips from these podcasts, as well as general drills and tips to help your tennis game. Thanks for listening. I hope you just improved in tennis without even hitting a ball.